We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. gentlemen boys and girls welcome back to another episode of talking halos i am your host today jared timms and i am joined alongside my co-host my partner in crime nate green nate how are you doing today i'm doing fantastic jared how about you i'm not doing too bad i'm excited to talk baseball it looks like at the moment and as you, a lot of you guys know we recorded this night before it looks like at the moment we're going to get one more game day of baseball for the time being, as the Astros are up 8-5 to five in the 7th. So, you know, that leads me to our first question. As always, like to start us off with a question. Have we learned anything from this postseason? Like, I feel like there's always something that people always get overly, overly excited about. I don't know if that makes sense. But, like, if people always, you know, bring it into the off season, and it's like, well, the Astros really, like, both these teams really don't have a starting rotation at the moment, and it's going to, I feel like it's going to hurt the starting pitching, you know, free agent crop, because these teams, you know, like, they don't have a rotation right now in, in the postseason. I mean, yes, they do. They have a, they have dudes, and it also helps with, and i got to bring up the luck standpoint, too, because these teams are, to make it this far, you got to get a little bit lucky, and we've seen it quite a bit here. But, I mean, have we really learned anything from this postseason? I'll get back to the original question. I think one thing that we've learned definitely is home run is still king. I mean, um, you look at it going into the into the postseason, um, I don't know if we would have said home runs win, win postseason games. But uh, you look at what, what's been going on, and the team who hits the most home runs in the game typically has won each postseason game. So I think that's going to be – Something that gets brought up this offseason, what guy can hit a home run when you need it the most? And, I mean, you've seen it with Eddie Rosario. He's been clutch with all the home runs this this postseason. And um, Jock Peterson's been clutch with some postseason home runs. So I think that's something we've learned. I know you talked about the starting pitching. And I, I think Atlanta 
kind of got unlucky. They have three dudes, honestly. Like they, they have three pretty good starting pitchers. Freed has been um, very good until his last two outings, but he had been very good this whole postseason. Ian Anderson is throwing the ball well, and Charlie Morton was even throwing the ball well before he um, was injured on the line drive off his foot or his um, his leg. And I, I think that's been a big big problem for them. But you but you look at the teams who didn't have enough pitching, and I think the Dodgers are one of those teams, which is so weird to say because we're typically talking about the Dodgers having more pitching than they know what to do with. But they had a lot of key injuries late. Kershaw wasn't able to pitch. Um, obviously, the Bauer situation, Dodger fans are going to cry about. But if we're going to be honest, you don't have Max Scherzer if you have uh, Trevor Bauer, so I don't want to hear it. Um, and, yeah, so the, and Tony Gonsolin wasn't really a, an arm they used. So they had three starting pitchers, and that's very tough when you have to play the extra wild card game because somebody's everyone is throwing on three days rest pretty much every time out. And that, that was very tough for the Dodgers. So I think there could be some teams that see this and go, yeah, we could go the bullpen route, um, which might get the job done because we know how volatile the bullpen is and, you know, some of these guys, like Kendall Graveman was one of the Astros' best pitchers going into the postseason, and he has not really pitched too much this postseason because he had a, a bad couple of weeks in September. Um, you look at Yumi Garcia was a Marlin until July 30th, and he's been one of the guys that the Astros have called upon a lot. So it, it's just very tough to, to rely on a bullpen when you're building it in December, January, and hoping that it's, it's good in October. Because that's all that matters is, is the bullpen good in October? So I think it's still going to be huge for starting pitchers as long as starting pitchers are going to be available for this time of year because I think that's the biggest issue is teams had starting pitching. They just didn't have enough healthy starting pitchers. So basically what we're, – we're in a sense kind of changing or, or from what I'm hearing from you, kind of changing the – the off-season plan, in a sense, it's not necessarily get the best, but it's get deep, and I think that's been something that has always been around. Like the Angels' biggest issue has been not good players. The Angels have had good players, right? It's been depth. It's it's been that they just have not like they haven't been able to replace guys that have been either bad or injured with other players that can I'm not saying that everybody needs to come up and be Mike Trout because Mike Trout got injured and, and you, you can't expect Joe Adele or Brandon Marsh to be Mike Trout and, and the same goes for Anthony Rendon like we can't expect Jack Mayfield to be Anthony Rendon or but but when you look at you know somebody stepping in for Dylan Bundy and I think the Angels actually did a really good job of that this year in in the pitching side of things I think that now down the road there were a lot of injuries like injuries so many injuries that most teams couldn't overcome it when, when you look at it. And I know that's been a horrible excuse for a while now, but I mean, when you look at the amount of it, like, it's kind of laughable for me that there were players that started off in high A and double A that not only were pitching for the Angels, but were key contributors for the Angels and also guys that were being considered to to play on the big league squad for, for a while too. So I, I think the angels did a, a much better job if, you know, bringing this onto an angel side of things. 
this this off season, and I, I think you know the key is now get deeper. I don't think it's necessarily get the best, and I feel like that's not what Angels fans want to hear because I know Angels fans want to go out and get Max Scherzer and go out and get the best guys out there, but I, I don't necessarily think they need to go get the best guys. I think they need to go get the right guys that can make them deep. I think the, the Angels are in a you know a very interesting spot, and we're going to talk about this all 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 off season and you know it's just kind of one of those things where it's just you know super super difficult i don't know where the angels stand i i really don't it's 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 difficult to tell at the end of the day but i think that's why this off season is going to be so interesting because i think the angels again don't need to go get the biggest names they need to go get the right names and and is that something you can agree with me with agree on me with yeah Absolutely, and, and this is this is going to bring up the, the big question that we've talked about a lot so far since the actually since about the the middle to end of August. Do you bring Alex Cobb back, knowing he only threw about maybe a hundred innings? Like it was right around the eighty to hundred innings. That is the reason why the Dodgers are not sitting here. Well, not the only reason, but it's one of the many reasons why the Dodgers are not here in the World Series and. Um, I think it's it's one of the reasons why why you look at a lot of teams and why they aren't here in the World Series is because their arms were not ready to go in October. So does that change your mind on if Alex Cobb is available? Do you sign him knowing his injury history? Yeah, that's a good point. I think that again, like the Angels can go out and 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 sign Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander and Zach Greinke and what's well, another big name? They can go get all these big names, but if these guys aren't healthy down down the stretch, like the, is it fair to say that the Dodgers are out because Max Scherzer didn't pitch in that in that game? I don't think so. I, I think that there's a lot of reasons why the Dodgers aren't aren't here right now. I think you look at um, having to throw everyone on three days rest. You know, Walker Buehler had to had to start, or uh, Max Scherzer had to start the wild card game which had Bueller had to throw on three days rest, and it just made it a big deal for the Dodgers, um, just everyone having to throw on three days rest. Also, I mean, you look, uh, Trey Turner, one of their big uh, midseason acquisitions, he didn't even hit 220 in the in the postseason, I don't believe. Justin Turner, one of their biggest hitters during the season, did not hit at all during the postseason. Max Muncy didn't play in the postseason. Kershaw didn't play in the postseason. I mean, the list goes on and on. They didn't hit that well, and they weren't healthy. So, no, I, I don't want to say that it's Max Scherzer's fault. If anything, I think it's the Dodgers' fault for not believing the fact that they have a closer that they're paying $22 million that they don't believe he can get three outs when they need it. I think that's honestly a, a big issue for them. Like, you paid Kenley Jansen $22 million, but they do go get three outs. You don't need Max Scherzer to go get three outs against the Giants. And if that is something you need then you didn't do a good enough job in July and you didn't get better when you had the chance. Yeah, it's it's weird thinking that the Dodgers just weren't deep enough. So I think, and I, if any of you guys have been listening the past week or so, we've been talking about, we're going to have a pretty, we're having a, we're going to have a pretty solid podcast right when the season's over. I think that we have, it's going to be a very interesting podcast. And I think this is going to kind of change our perspective in a sense on, what the Angels should do, what their plan should be, because there, there's going to be a bunch of different plans 
whether you're Artie Moreno, whether you're Perry Manassian, whether you're Joe Madden. I think there's three different plans on on how they think they should build a winner, and we're going to give our opinion on it too. So I, I don't I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting. I I I like how this conversation went from what did we learn this offseason to what the Angels need to do this offseason, and 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 it's not something that. What was that? This is an Angels podcast. Jared. It is. It, you, that that is very fair. I mean, not that there's any Angels news or anything out there right now, but but I, I feel like this is something that I've been preaching, and I, I don't mean to you know pre like say this is like my thing, you know, this entire time. But you know, I, I've been everybody's been saying, you know, like what was what was the <laughs> what was the main goal that all Angels fans wanted this last offseason that you and I didn't want. They want Trevor Bauer. Okay, perfect. That was the biggest name out there. The year before that, what was the biggest name that all Angels fans wanted, but me and you, I don't think wanted? Garrett Cole, and I wanted Garrett Cole, but not for the price he got. Correct. That I, that's that's fair. Like I want, also wanted Garrett Cole, but not for thirty-five million dollars a year, where you can't get other guys to build around him. Correct. Absolutely. So and, I, yeah, I think they gave him way too many years and way too much money, but. Hey, the Yankees are probably going to win a World Series with him, at least one, and that's all that they care about. The Yankees are in a different spot than the Angels, right? The Angels have the Yankees. The, Garrett Cole doesn't make the Angels a winner. Is that fair to say? No, it, it might make them a postseason team, though. Eh. They're not going to win the division with Garrett Cole, but it, it makes them a borderline postseason team, especially knowing how close they were last year. Until you know what the last. 20 games or so like they started off pretty hot and this year they started off pretty hot again they just they got hurt the biggest thing is Garrett Cole pitches every every fifth day oh no yeah 100% but like just going back to my point though it's it's about getting the guys that are right and getting those guys that are aren't necessarily going to be the highest paid and and everything and I think that that's where that's where somebody in the Angels organization and, and even other organizations that don't necessarily have that baseball mind that you, I, Perry, Joe, you know, smart baseball, intelligent baseball people, you know, understand. But those that don't understand, you know, what I mean, like we can even say Rob Manfred and that, that's on a completely different thing, doesn't understand this aspect. Like it's all about the money, the money, the money. And that's how it is with a lot of owners, too. It's about the money, the money, the money. And it's not necessarily a, about the the players and the correct players and and how to do that. So oh, I, I just think it's going to be this is going to be something that we're going to talk about this entire off season because this is always something that that we talk about every off season. It's it's not get the best player available. It's get the right player available that's gonna that's gonna help this team win at the end of the day. So Nate, anything else on this? subject that we kind of I guess went all over the place on before you know we get going any further I think uh, the only thing to to be aware of this offseason is just team chemistry I think that was a a big deal last offseason I think it's going to be another big deal this this offseason because I think Joe Madden is a big believer in that Um, and so that's going to be something that's going to uh, to be uh, top priority I think Yep, and I am all for that. I, I've preached it in the past. I it's just something that I don't think a lot of mainstream people uh, understand, and it's something that you know, like you can take into your job that you make money for, or the Angels, like team 
team chemistry, teamwork, team building is a huge thing, and, and a lot of people just don't quite understand that. Again, they want the best player, they want the highest paid player, and, and that's necessar- not necessarily it. So on to our next subject here, and before we get going any further, I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. If you could, subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Guys, give us a five-star review. Go follow us on all our social medias. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. And you can follow Nate on Twitter at NateGreen34. So, guys, just thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And on to our next subject here. Jack Harris of the LA Times had a fairly interesting article. And I don't necessarily think it had a lot of, you know hard facts behind it, but it had a lot of good interviews that, again, you know, when it comes to the team building type of thing, I think that Perry Manassian is, is very good at it. And, and the, the title of it was Angels GM Perry Manassian has fingerprints all over the current success of the Atlanta Braves. And of course the Atlanta Braves are one win away from winning the world series this year. And Perry was just with Atlanta. So Nate, I kind of wanted to jump into how much, you know, does Perry have to do with this Atlanta team? Well, I think some guys that aren't getting, getting a lot of credit are, are Hart and um, Colt. Remind me of his name. Colpelli, Col, Col Colpari. You know who I'm talking about. The, the old GM of the, of the Braves before Alex Anthopoulos took over. Um, Hart was the president of baseball operations at the time, and I think those guys really did a huge, huge job with this team. Um, I know Alex Anthopoulos made some made some key acquisitions when he took over with, you know, getting a, a Travis Darno and Charlie Charlie uh, Morton guys like that. So yeah, I know he did a really big job. But I think if you look at the guys that John Hart and um, and company signed, um, all the young guys that they got. The trades they made, they traded for uh, Dansby Swanson, who has been a big part of this team. Uh, I believe they brought in Ozzie Albies, who has been a big part of this team. Um, they're huge Duval fans, who they also brought in. So, like, you look at all these guys that Hart and company brought in, I think they're they're a huge, huge part of, of this. And I know they won't get to celebrate because they uh, technically – were fired before this, but I think that they need to get more credit. I don't know if Perry has as much to do with this success as, as John Hart and, and company does. Yeah, I, I think that, like like we've been mentioning, I think Perry's big on the, not friendship, but the team building side of things. And, and yeah, I think that that's just kind of where, you know, he was – really good with this Atlanta team and 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 you mentioned it the guy, <laughs> this Atlanta team isn't a bad team by any means you know like i'm sure that Perry brought in quite a few of these guys as as an assistant gm but yeah you know i just kind of wanted to get your your feeling on this and it's something that again like i feel like people are forgetting about that Perry was the assistant gm here with Atlanta and all of a sudden they're in the world series so I don't know. I just I just found it to be really interesting and just kind of wanted to tip the cap to Jack for, you know, really going deep and diving deep into into these conversations. He he talked with Eric Young Sr., I think, who is the first base coach for the Braves. Yes. Yes. And in Eric Young, like the Young family, 
that sounds really weird, but like the Eric Youngs, both Eric Young Jr. and Sr., might not have been the best players ever, but you talk, I, I've heard um, unbelievable things about what they have done in the clubhouse, and we've talked about this, Nate, like the, the, the behind-the-scenes clubhouse is a huge thing, and you look at what Eric Young Jr., meant to the guys in Salt Lake when he was there and I can guarantee you you can go ask anybody who played with him and they'll only say unbelievable things about Eric Young Jr. and the same can be said about Eric Young Sr. and and that's just those two are guys that just you know don't get mentioned enough in 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 baseball so I think it's I think Perry does a great job with finding the right guys to put in the right spots and I hope that he's given that opportunity with the angels if that makes sense whether that's this offseason or next offseason because there is a certain manager that will be done with his contract i believe after this season and i don't know what it looks like when it's all said and done so yeah i i said i found this to be a rather interesting article and i I totally forgot that perry was the assistant gm with with the Braves who are in the World Series now. So, Nate, anything on this that you want to you want to bring up? No, no. I I think that yeah, very good job by by Perry to, to help with this. Um, and I mean, Alex has gotten so much credit with the the guys that he brought in, in in July, you know. He won he won July, and I think that's a big reason why they're here now and and why uh, the Dodgers are sitting and watching with us. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it takes a uh, it takes a village, that's for sure, and I think a lot of people always forget how difficult it is to win a World Series or make it to the playoffs or even you know win ninety games in Major League Baseball. It's it's incredibly difficult, and there are so many things that have to go right for you to get to this point. So, yeah, tip the cap to that. So, next thing that I want to talk about, and I'm all about being fair in a sense when it comes to the MLB draft and the money allocated to teams and and such like that but MLB trade rumors came out with this little article that I found kind of interesting that a lot of people probably will forget about but as we get to free agent market it's basically which draft picks each team will forfeit by signing a qualified free agent and by qualified free agent that means guys that that get offered the qualifying offer, which is eight point eighteen point four this year, right, Nate? Yes, and if you were traded at the deadline, you are not eligible. So all those Cubs, the Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo are not eligible for this. Correct. So I'm just going to kind of go, not necessarily team by team, but you know, section by section. So competitive balance, tax payrolls, and this is the the slap on the wrist, I guess, that you get for signing a qualified free agent. You forfeit your second highest pick and fifth highest pick in the 2022 draft, as well as $1 million in signing bonus pool money. Um, that's the Dodgers and Padres. That's fair. I'm, I'm totally 100% fine with that. Um, the category that the Angels, Astros, A's, um, Blue Jays, Braves, Cardinals, Cubs, Giants, Mets... Nationals, Phillies, Rangers, Red Sox, White Sox, and Yankees fall in is if they sign a competitive, if they sign somebody who got the qualifying offer, they lose their second highest pick and they also lose 
$500 million in international signing bonus, which is fine. I'm totally cool with that. It, it is what it is. I don't think the Angels, eh, you never know. The Angels might sign somebody. It, it'll be interesting to see. And 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 I'm 100% cool with that. That That's fine with me. Where I have an issue with is the revenue sharing recipients, and that's the Blue Jays, Diamondbacks, Guardians, the Indians, um, Marlins, Mariners, Orioles, Pirates, Rays, Reds, Rockies, Royals, Tigers, and Twins. Now, Nate, before we get on to what their punishment technically is, what do all a lot of those teams have in common? Some of them are playoff teams or borderline playoff teams. I mean, Blue Jays, Mariners, Rays, A's. Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, a lot of those are – Twins were a playoff team last year. Like, it, I, I'm, I'm a huge – I'm not a huge fan of any of the competitive balance sharing. And neither am I because of, of these teams – are very good with what they do on the drafting side of things. You look at the Rays. The Pirates have a very good farm system. The Rays are just unbelievable. I just mentioned them. But Orioles have one of the best farm systems in baseball. The Mariners have one of the best farm systems in baseball. The Marlins have been able to trade a lot of their guys, but they've also drafted pretty well as well. And they have a pretty dang good farm system and a lot of guys who are going to be good. The Indians have been able to produce like nobody's business. The Diamondbacks are really interesting. The Brewers are a playoff team. The Rockies are what they are. The Reds have been solid um, on the on the prospect side of things. I think they have a lot of interesting players coming up. The Royals have one of the best farm systems in baseball. The Tigers don't even need to talk about them. And the Twins, same thing. They have one of the better farm systems in baseball. So they will lose their third highest pick. And that's basically it. It's... That's that's what's tough for me, I think, is that they just lose their third highest pick. So the Rays can continue to not spend any money, produce, and still lose their third highest pick. And I think this is something that is going to be brought up and I hope and I hope will be changed in in this next CBO. And and I don't know if you have anything else to say about this, but I just think it's kind of rough that these this is how it kind of works. And I don't know how this ever happened. I don't know if it was Manfred, I don't know if it was C League. What, no, what? it was because this was changed about three years ago. Yeah. So again, like, like like we've said, it's something that it just doesn't make a lot of sense to us, and I think that this just makes teams better than they need to be, and I think that team this this type of thing needs to be evenly distributed a lot a lot better than than what this is. Instead, of teams getting slapped on the wrist, like the Dodgers and Padres for going out and spending money, which is good for baseball, which is good for you know everything, right? And granted, they. Padres didn't make the playoffs, and the Dodgers didn't make it to the World Series. But I'd rather team go see. I would rather see a team, excuse me, to go out and spend money rather than not spend money and continue to lose. Right? I mean, I, I don't want, I don't want to see teams lose on purpose. If that makes sense. No, it's it's absolutely ridiculous, and I, I think it's it it is the reason why some of these teams are are really good in the international market. I mean, they they're never giving up. They're never spending enough money to have to give up money in the international market. And you look at teams like one of the top prospects in baseball is Juan Franco. Where'd they get him? You know, like uh, Ronald Acuna. Where'd they get him? Like all these guys who are really hotshot prospects for for teams or who have been really good for some guy, um, some teams lately. They're getting in the international market, and I I hope that 
it gets to a point where the inter- international market has a draft, and I know I'm going to be one of the few that think that, but I think that um, it should be the exact same as the MLB draft. They should have, you know, 10 rounds <clears throat> and say, hey, here's how much money you can spend on each guy. Good luck. And I know that's going to hurt some international players, but it's going to make things a lot more fair for teams that that do spend money. Because like the Angels, the Angels are going to get absolutely – um, killed if they sign, you know, a Carlos Correa, a um, Trevor Story, anyone like that who's probably going to get a qualifying offer. They're going to have to give up two picks and money, and, and they're having to give up a third round pick instead of a second round pick like the Dodgers. Why don't we just be the Dodgers and spend three hundred million dollars in a year and just say, okay, we'll give up a second round instead of a third rounder. It's not going to change because we're going to be in the playoffs every single year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that we talked about this before. The system's broken. It really is broken, and it's a, it's a sad thing. And I don't know how – I think that I think that on the international side of things I, – I do disagree with you on one thing on the international side of things. And, and we don't disagree with a lot of things, but this is definitely one of them. I think that reputation goes a long way with the international side of things. So you look at – say you're 16 years old – and you're from the Dominican Republic, and and you know you're going to be able to sign with anybody you want to sign. Why are you going to go to the Angels? You know why? Why? Why would you go to the Angels? Why would you go to the Angels over the Yankees, or you know stay closer to home in Tampa or Miami, or you know something like that? And and I know that's not always how it goes. You know a lot of times it comes down to money and and such like that, but. Money talks, buddy. Oh, 100%. 100%. But I've had this conversation before with with a lot of people. And and you look at, like, I've always been asked, like, why do the Yankees, why do the Rays, why do the Dodgers, and why do, like, the White Sox, in a sense, because White Sox have done really good internationally, sign. So, yes, why why do these guys sign all these international guys? And and it's because, first off, you look at the reputation. Where do these – where do I think New York actually uh, as well – has a very big Dominican population, if I'm not mistaken. I, I've been told that. Puerto be- Rican. What was that? Puerto Rican, I think. Puerto Rican, yeah. They they do have a very big Puerto Rican population there. And so why why would you want to go come to Anaheim? Or why would you want to go to Arizona? Or why would you want to go to Colorado or somewhere like that over going somewhere where you have people you might know? Or, you know, that's why I think Albert Pujols was so big for the Angels, too. Because Albert Pujols didn't, you know, that, that's a name that a lot of these kids want to come in and and be with and talk to. And and that's why our, that's why Albert Pujols leaving the Angels was just such a, I think, was just such a bad thing. Like, just put such a bad taste in in, in my mouth with everything was because of, of that. I think that that was just, that, that, that was a big thing for me. Like, and I, I can kind of feel it in my voice, too, I'm talk, as I'm talking about this, because the same thing goes for the White Sox as well. You look at the White Sox and, and a lot of players that come from Cuba want to go play with Jose Abreu because it's Jose Abreu. And, and, and you know, the same went with with, why, um, with Yasiel Puig in L.A. And I think that's kind of where this whole thing started with the Dodgers and their international side of things was, was Puig because a lot of players wanted to come play with Puig and wanted to come you know, be with, be with that guy. And I, I'm not saying that Mike Trout's not that guy, but you know, if you can come and talk, speak the same language as, as your hero, 
go do it. You know, like I, I, I totally understand that. And, and I get asked that question a lot. Like, why don't the angels get these top international guys? And that is the exact reason you, you look at these, you, you, you have to look first off a lot of times by demographic. I think that that's a, that is a huge thing. And you also have to look by popular teams. Like a lot of kids growing up, you want to wear the Yankee pinstripe. I know that like at some point we both wanted to wear Yankee pinstripe. That's just something that it's just a tradition. You know, everybody wants to do that at some point in, in their life. And, and if you're saying, no, Jared, I, I didn't, you're wrong. Like everybody wanted to, but there also comes a point that I know me and you both, you know, have been through is I don't care where I go. You know, like if, if, if I go to the Rockies, if I go to, you know, if I get to go play back in Japan, I will go do that. If I have to go play down in Mexico, I will go do that, you know? But for a lot of these kids, they get to pick, you know, they get to pick where they want to go because they have all these different offers and it's like going to college for them. You know, like why is Alabama the best? Because they're such a, you know, like a bunch of these guys can, are, are, are going to the NFL. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.